Here we are, Randy, back in the studio. Another Invest Well show. It's going to be a lot of fun. No more running, no more jogging. You got to get off the treadmill, Randy. Come on, stop. <laughs> get off. Stop it. Listen, stop the treadmill. We're doing a show so that way people can know what I, to do with their investment. I will take three minutes or 10 minutes or whatever Jeez. it takes here, Michael, to, oh to just calm it down. This guy. Listen, I, I mean, if away you from guys, my triathlon life yeah. that I live. You don't even know what I put up with. And with think this guy. about my it's, money. Okay. It's unbelievable. He's, right. he's doing push-ups from time to time. He's he's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He says, uh, you know, he's got to make sure that he stays fit when he hits 30. So that's that's the deal. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for you. Nobody knows that there's an apple pie down there that I'm, you know, doing the push-ups over the top of with, you know, getting my face full of whipped cream. and <laughs> A little whipped cream, yeah. yeah. I got you. Okay. So you're going down for the whip. Okay, well, uh, that could be construed in a variety of different ways. So let's not go there. Let's talk about... What we're going to talk about this show, and that is setting your investments up for success. So I want to welcome you in to another Invest Well show. we got a lot of great content we're going to cover this show. And this is going to be one that I think, as all of them, of course, I say this every time, but you know, it's going to be one that's really going to help guide you in your life when it comes to investments. Because listen, you got to ask yourself the question, are my investments set up for success? Are they set up in a way that I'm going to be successful over time, over the years, long term? Uh well, that's, that's a question a lot of people don't know the answer to, Randy. Well, why wouldn't you want to set yourself up for success? It seems like very obvious, but at the same time, I think that if you were to rephrase that a little bit and say, are you setting yourself up for success if, and then yeah. dot, 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 because you yeah. got to look at this, if we have a flat market, if we have a down market, if we have an up market, am I set up for success in all those scenarios? Well, the big thing, I think the big question a lot of people ask is how big are those dots? Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Kidding, of course. <laughs> <laughs> See, Randy, he's he gets so focused. He I can't am. like step back and say, what? What's going on here? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it reminds me of having a good time regardless of your environment, Randy. It's like, you know, Jim Gaffigan was talking about camping. He's completely changed the thought here for one second, but he was talking about camping. He was talking about, you know, he says, oh, you know, happy camper. He said, you know, no one says happy camper because they're looking at the person because they think they're a happy camper. They say, oh, he's not a happy camper. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, I can say the happiest camper I've ever been is when we left the campground. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in a situation where he was focusing on setting himself up for success. That's the point. Real quick, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors. As you all know out there, everything is free in life. Kidding, of course. So we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, which is Wall Companies. That consists of Wall Wealth Management, Wall Private Wealth, and Wall Lehman. These are all companies designed to help families throughout this country, help them really protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth while implementing uh, succession planning and business coaching, executive planning, advanced tax planning on uh, investments and even income throughout life. And then really creating a, a well-rounded plan. You can learn more there by going to leanonthewall.com. Again, leanonthewall.com. All right, Randy, let's jump into it because this is a big thing. And you touched on it a little bit when it comes to setting your investments up for success. And I think the question that I want to lead in here on, because, you know, we're seeing so many things happen today. I guess before I get to the question, we're seeing so many things happen today. We're hearing, you know, the, the thoughts and the ideas of what's happening with the Fed rate. You know, the Fed rate was cut, obviously, uh, 25 basis points, which is 25% of 1%. While we're recording this right now, I'm literally seeing there's an alert that's come up that says Trump says the Fed should cut rates by at least 1%. Oh, my gosh. 
with perhaps <laughs> some quantitative easing. Wow. So that's, you know, you know, the reality of it is when you take a look at this, this is important. And again, when you talk about, and this is a report coming out from CNBC, by the way, when you take a look at this and we take a look at what's happening, we take a look at what's all the things that are happening globally. I'll be honest with you. I am less worried about the tariffs and all of these sorts of things than I am just a flat out uh, movement of where we are with the overall markets. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But the reason I'm not as concerned about the tariffs and things, even though it is a talking point that people are using, Randy, I'm not as concerned about them is because if you think about it, the entrepreneurial spirit is very fluid, right? So we're already seeing companies and I'm already reading reports and looking at data and research on companies that are literally already moving and have been moving their headquarters and operations from China. They're leaving. Mm-hmm. They're already leaving. You know, they're moving to countries like India and other places, which are arms open wide, welcoming, come on in, right? Mm -hmm. And so the reality of it is the tariffs, and I don't know if China is really going to figure this out per se. They may not be thinking about it this way, but if they don't figure it out, they're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, they already are, probably. I mean, when you look at what their market has done. I'm not even talking about markets in general. I'm talking about their overall middle class economy which, you know, all of these jobs that have been created by companies that a lot of them are Ameri- American companies, because we are still in a place where, you, whether you want to agree with it or not, America is the, you know, is the, we're is the, the engine. tail that wags the, yeah, yeah, I mean, it wags the world, so to speak, in yep. a lot of ways. Yep. I mean, we're on almost $20 trillion economy, and, uh, you know, we do wag the world, if you will. I hate to say it that way, but it's true. That doesn't mean that there's not a lot of the great parts in the world, but... You know, I was having a conversation with a good friend from Monaco, and they say it, Monaco over there. And he was talking about, we love, you know, what's happening in America. We love the entrepreneurial mindset. We love the entrepreneurial mindset of the president currently. So this is a big thing. But when you hear him talking about he wants rates dropped 1% and all these different things, it kind of leads into the question when you say, what should I do with my investments? How can I set my investments up for success? or are my investments set up for success, it leads into the question, Randy, I think, is when is the best time to improve your investments? Well, you think about <laughs> when do people come to a financial advisor? When do they seek advice? It's probably when they're having trouble and they're in a panic. If your golf swing is screwed up and you're, and you're slicing, that's when you go get a coach, when things yeah. are going wrong. But on the yeah. other hand, there are people that say, I want to get better. I want to improve. There's more out there for me, so I'm going to get a coach. So there's two ways to look at that. Well, there is two ways. And, and I think uh, at the end of the day, uh, the studies are, have done, research has been done, and it's been proven time after time after time that those that are proactive mm-hmm. are going to be the ones that have the ability to fare better. You know, we talked on a show previous about taxes. You know, tax is the worst part of the game, just the last show that we did. And if you missed that, by the way, go back and check out that show. It's a great show. But those that prepare with advanced tax planning are those that are going to win because taxes are going to be paid. I mean, the bills are going to have to get paid. The government's going to have to receive the money necessary to do what we need to do. And the money's going to have to come from somewhere, whether they continue to borrow more, which is something that's being done. You see the debt ceiling being raised, but also being in a situation where that money's going to come from the American people. We are part of this country, this part of this, you know, the American experiment, we'll call it, right? We're all owners, if you will of this process. You know, Randy, one of the things that I look at specifically with markets, and we've, we talk a lot of times about investments that are not correlated with the market. And I think this goes to answer that question. And that is, when is the best time to improve your investments? And I think the answer is, obviously, as you mentioned, be proactive in the process. 
And the first thing that you have to ask yourself, and this is a little kind of take home, get your magic marker, pen out, you know, whiteboard, whatever you're doing as you're listening to this show. I'm sure you're writing down your business plan and your investment plan. But if you're not, you should be. (laughs) Okay. But I think a question, Randy, you got to ask is how much of your investments currently? In other words, if you took a look at your portfolio and your investments, now maybe you're in a place where you're saying, I'm just starting out. Mike, I don't have any investments. You know, the only investment I have right now is me, myself, and I, the Notorious Three, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're in a place where you got a hundred thousand or fifty thousand or a couple hundred thousand. Or maybe you're farther in your journey and you got a million or three million. Or maybe you've sold a company and you're you're very successful and you got multi, multi millions or billions. Okay. But I think the question, regardless of where you are in your journey, obviously the more you have, the more you have to protect and keep. Your mindset shifts and changes a little bit. Uh, when you have more wealth, and obviously that's typically the side that we work on when you talk about wall companies, when I mentioned and referenced leanonthewall.com earlier in the show. But when you take a look at your investments, you have to ask yourself the question, how much of my investments, and you need to know the answer to this, by the way, even if you are not the one managing your own money, maybe you are, but if you're not, and you have someone helping you. Let's say you have an advisor. Let's say you have a family office or a multifamily office or you know just an investment advisor in general or a team helping you, whatever. How much of your monies is currently connected to the stock market? What does that look like? How would you be affected if the markets do crash? And I'm not trying to be in that negative here or fearful, but I want to talk about it because you know just the alert there, Randy, that Trump is saying, hey, I think that the Fed should cut rates by at least 1% and perhaps some quantitative easing, which, you know, there's only two types of money movement that way. It's either quantitative easing or quantitative tightening, Mm -hmm. right? And quantitative easing is the idea of the Fed printing money and, and pushing dollars into the economy through buying treasuries and other things like that. And just with that thinking and just with that thought process, that shows that there's an element of concern with markets in general. It's been propped up. Now, you might say, well, what does that look like, Mike? And I want to give you some history here so you can take a look at what's happened historically. And I'm going to use the S&P. Now, the S&P 500 is an index that reflects the growth or loss in a given day, whether it was up or down overall, of the 500 largest companies in America. So if you took all the stocks of the 500 largest companies in America and you put them in a basket and you say, okay, this stock was up and this stock was down and this stock was up and this stock was down. Overall for the day, were they collectively up or down? And that's what the S&P 500 is. Well, what's interesting, Randy, is back in December of 1999, let's go all the way back. I know you were like in nursery school. Mm-hmm. December, was it nursery <laughs> school or you were preschool? Where were you at there, Randy? I can't remember. I don't, it's, it's all a blur for me, Michael. <laughs> so December 99, here's what's interesting. December 99, Looking at this, this is within, obviously, inflation included. But looking at this, here we are. The S&P was around 2239. And then we had a season of May 2000 where it was 2246. And then we had a season where it was 2253. Now, what's the point of this? There was a high, a low, a higher high, a higher low, and then another higher high. Now, I don't want to bore you with the, the details of technical analysis, but the idea is there were three consecutive higher highs, and then all of a sudden the market crashed. And then if we move all the way over to pre-2008, that's a little closer now. People remember 2008. 
And you remember where you were in 2008? Randy, where were you in 2008 when the market started really crashing? I was just getting my first bicycle, Michael. So, I, you know, that was just, <laughs> and I put a bell on it. I remember that with a basket oh, and everything. It was it, fantastic. Oh, you had the training wheels on and Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Well, then I'll give you a little bit of a, okay. Please give you a little idea. Enlighten so here me, we are. Yes. So here's a trend that was repeated. So what a trend repeated is January 2007, there was a new high during that year. It still wasn't higher than where the markets were back in 2000, but it was a new high. Okay. And then we had another high, May of 07, and then another high, October of 07, and then the market crashed. So we're seeing a little bit of a trend here. Back in 2000, before you know the 2000 market started to crash, there were three consecutive highs over a period of a couple months, and the market crashed. In 2007, there was a period of three consecutive highs, and then the market crashed. In 2000, let's go fast forward to now. January of 2018, new high. September of 2018, new high. I'm not talking about high like on drugs. I'm talking about high from the S&P 500. July 2019, another high. Three highs. So the question is, is are we going to repeat what happened in historics of the markets, and of course, with Trump calling for an additional rate cut as well as quantitative easing, that alludes to the fact that there is concern with the current markets. You also have to remember there's a lot of funny money, I call it, which is the Fed printing all of these dollars that are still in our system that came in the markets in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. A lot of people say, well, the president this, the president that. No, listen, there's a lot of stuff in the foundation that doesn't get found out until later, which then when it gets found out, they realize that oh, this is a problem. So the question is, is are your investments, going back to what we started with, are your investments set up for success? And I got to tell you, at this stage in the game, that is a revolving question because depending on where markets are, and Randy, you alluded to that a little bit, where markets are right now is markets are at an all-time high, historical high, all-time high. I would say if you are completely connected to the market, you are not in a place where you are set up for success because if the markets do crash, and no one knows for sure, but if the markets do crash, you're going to be in a place where you're going to lose a lot of money on a lot of your investments. And Randy, I got to tell you, in my opinion, having a portfolio completely connected to the market is not a wise approach at this stage in the game. Well, you talk about the word diversification and people think that's diversification within the market. There's also diversification within and outside the market. And I think that's what yeah. you're, you're alluding to there. Well, it is. And so I think that's a great point. So let's talk about this. When we look at the stock market, okay, when we invest money in the stock market, you might be listening and say, oh, I don't really have any investments in the stock market. And that's great. We do a lot of stuff for our clients and the other companies that we talked about that are completely off market as well. So I agree with some of that thinking there. But when you look at the stock market, you have to realize the stock market is there to grow your money. You're not going to the market to try and say, oh, I want to be conservative, so I'll be in the market. Because even in 2008, bonds lost money, which are quote-unquote conservative. So you want to look at the market and say, hey, I'm going to be in the market to make money on companies that I'm investing in, but I'm not going to be in the market to be conservative. We need to understand that. Now, when we take a look at the idea of you know other off-market investments, there are so many other products and so many other investments that exist out there that you can move your money to that can literally de-risk your portfolio and give you the ability to have opportunity while not taking the risk attributed to and connected to 
the stock market in general. And I think that's the point that I'm making here, Randy, is if we're setting our investments up for success, we need to be nimble and we need to be willing to change our overall strategy. And we need to realize that there's a lot of investments that are not on the market that we can utilize. Those investments, what are these? You might say, well, what are those, Mike? Well, some of those investments might be you know, private equity. We, we did another show talking about the benefits of private equity. Some of those investments might be direct real estate type investments. Some of those other products that exist out there might be like products that are available through insurance companies. You know, there's different types of annuities and some are bad and some are good. So you got to research them, but there's variable annuities, there's fixed annuities, there's fixed indexed annuities, and they're not all good, but some have been very, very good based on what they're trying to achieve. There's other investments out there like venture capital, right? Where you're investing into other business opportunities that are not related to the market. They're in private companies where there has, where there's opportunity and demand. So there's lots of different things that could be done. And that's just a few but you have to be in a situation of the mindset that, number one, you have the opportunity to understand what they are. And the other thing is, is you want to make sure that you put people in your corner if you don't know what to look for. You know, that old saying, Randy, a lot of times that I use, and that is that a lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. Mm-hmm. That's important. Let me say it again. A lot of people don't know what they want because they don't know what's available. So you want to make sure that you're getting the information from the people that are in your life, giving you information about financial stuff. You want to make sure that they have the ability to have a well-rounded approach. I mean, again, we talk about golf a lot, but we try and bring it into a place that's easily understandable. You know, if you're out there on the golf course and all you know to do is to play golf with a five iron and you don't know that there's actually a bunch of different clubs, mm-hmm you're going to end up scoring not as well as you could uh, if you had a driver and you're, a putter and a, you're missing all out. that stuff. Yeah, you're missing yeah. out. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But if you grew up in a family that, let's say, all they could afford or all they had was a five iron in a bag, and they said, hey, if you want to go play golf, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of the story of the lady that was making the ham, and she was in a place where she put the ham. I don't know if you've heard this story, Randy, before. But she put the ham in the pan to cook it, you know, for uh, dinner. The family, all the family was coming over. She got the ham and she cut the end off the ham and she'd put it in the pan and she'd put it in the oven and cook the ham and, you know, bring the ham out and they'd eat it and all that. Next year comes by, you know, another family Christmas, whatever, and gets the ham and cuts the end off the ham. Couple inches now, you know, good, good part of the ham, cuts the end off and puts it in the, the pan and puts the pan in the oven and cooks it again. And. At this point in time, the husband's there and he sees his wife, you know, cut the end off the ham. And he says, honey, what, why do you cut the end off the ham? And she's like, well, that's just the way my mom always did it. And that's just the way they cook it. She's like, okay. He's like, okay. He's like, but it doesn't matter. You're throwing perfectly good mm-hmm. parts of the ham away. I mean, why, why, why would you do that? You know, is there some benefit that, you know, maybe it cooks differently or, you know, who knows, you know? And she's like, you know, it's good. I don't know. It's a good question. So she goes to her mom and. She says, uh, Mom, I was making this ham. I was talking to my husband, and then, and he asked me, why do you cut the end off the ham? And she's like, well, that's the way my mom always used to do it. So like, okay, we're going to solve this three-generation mystery, <laughs> you know, this Christmas. So Grandma comes in, and the granddaughter goes up to the grandma, and she says, Grandma, you know, Mom and I were talking, and we were wondering, because I've been doing this now, you know, why did you cut the end off the ham? And she's like, because my pan was too small. There you go. you know they've been doing this all of these years because that's all they knew and a lot of people when it comes to investments do what they know 
and they don't know that other things are available because maybe the advisors that they're working with, the firms that they're working with, you know, a lot of these, whether it be larger firms or whatever, kind of do just plain vanilla stocks, bonds. That's pretty much it. And they don't realize or talk about the fact that there's other things out there. How do you find other things? Well, you got to do research. That takes work. And unfortunately, a lot of times folks don't want to do that. Now, does that mean everything's perfect? No. Does that mean everything's going to be terrific all the time? No way. But it does mean you want to be in a place where you find everything that's available, get all the information that's available, and then you can make a good decision. And I think that's the key in really setting your investments up for success, Randy, and being mindful of where the markets are in the process. Well, I think in the past, Michael, we've talked many times about having a purpose for your investments. So if somebody told you, you should yep. be here, you should ask, why should I be here? <laughs> and a lot of times you'll do a, you know, you'll do a portfolio relook. You'll do a second set yeah. of eyes on something. Yeah. Why do you have this? Well, some guy said I needed it. You should yeah. have a purpose and you should know what the purpose is for each and every one of your investments. Yeah, I think that's so crucial. And so that's the question that you have to ask yourself as you're listening to this is why are you doing what you're doing? What advice are you getting? And are you open to new thoughts and ideas? And I think that's important. And by the way, if you got questions there and you're like, you know, I just, I want to learn more. I want to read more. I'm going to give you some resources here to help you with that. One is obviously you can go and pick up a copy of the book, Retire Once, Retire Well. That's something we have out there for you as a resource. If you want to have an easy way to find that, just go to leanonthewall.com, scroll down, and you'll see that book. So again, leanonthewall.com. There's other videos on that site that you can watch that kind of help you understand more about a bunch of different things. There's Forbes articles that have been written. If you go to our site or if you just want to search my name, Michael Wall and Forbes, together in the same search. It'll come up with a bunch of articles that I've written for Forbes that'll help you in your journey. And if you're in a place where you say, you know, I really want more in-depth help because, you know, yeah, I'm concerned about what's happening with markets right now. Well, you know, go to uh, leanonthewall.com and you can reach out to a team member there and they'll set up a, a phone call with you and a conversation, a chat, or, you know, if it's necessary, we'll set up an actual in-office meeting or a Skype meeting or whatever works best for you, depending on where you are. And uh, that way you can at least have a better idea of whether or not your investments are really being set up for success. Well, thanks for tuning into the show. And again, go back and listen to some of the previous shows if you missed some of them where we've talked about, you know, the advantages of private equity, the advantages and disadvantages. You know, what do your investments actually cost you? Does the Fed know something that we don't? Identifying your risk, investing in a new economy, all of these different things. Uh, as well as taxes and other things we've covered in previous shows. So go back and educate yourself so you can really continue to move down the path of living on purpose with your wealth so you can live with purpose. Thanks so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show with someone that needs to hear it. And we'll catch you next show on the Invest Well Show. Have a good one. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please call 888-511-9255. 
Wall Wealth Management, LLC, is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN Insurance License, number 733-0010.